hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Huge news regarding a particular DC property and Sony's universe of Marvel characters, I hate it, is expanding. <laughs> Emily Blunt and The Rock are already teaming up again before we even see them team up for the first time. We've got an update on Scream 5 and Reese Witherspoon has an announcement. Can't wait. Uh, there's a fair bit of TV news this week as well. Um, oh my God, what has happened to Batwoman? Yeah, we're going to get to that. But before we get to that, we'll start with trailer talk. The Old Guard. Are you familiar with this at all? Or is your first exposure well, of this trailer? Well, I mean, I mean, the trailer told me it was based on the graphic novel. So that indicates that it, it is based on a graphic novel. Um, that's, that's about it. And this trailer, I watched it and that's all I know. Charlie Theron's in it. She's kicking ass. She does that well. But tell me what you know. She's not only kicking ass, she's rallying immortal soldiers. And then pretty much kicking ass. Yeah, I think that's... I think yeah, it's and not up. dying. Just not dying. Getting shot down. They can and feel pain. But yeah, they essentially don't die. And you mentioned the comics. So the comic was also, well, of the same name, The Old Guard, and was written by Greg Rucker, who's done a lot of work for DC. He had a good run on Wonder Woman. Well, this is a property that I wasn't familiar with until seeing this trailer. And then I read somewhere that it was based off a comic. Of course, it's not one of the big two. It's more one of the independent comics. But, you know, it looks it looks pretty decent. It looks like a good Friday night in watching Netflix. And that's where it is. It's uh, coming to Netflix. Did it say June or July? Which uh, which month? Which J month did I get? Yeah. So the 10th of one on of them. Spot. I, one of the two. So it's either was... coming soon or coming very soon. <laughs> one uh, pretty much. And and to Netflix. And, you know, what? With, with the run on Netflix movies, I mean, this looks pretty high... Uh, maybe high is too strong a word. Pretty modest budget by the looks of it. The special effects look pretty decent. Maybe in the realm of was extraction pretty expensive? I heard that cost a bit of money. Yeah, so maybe in line with, I guess, that quality. Another one, maybe six underground. You know, they clearly mm. spent money on that one as well. So yeah, you're right. It does look like they spent money on it. And having someone like uh, Charlize Theron as your lead, that in itself. It doesn't look cheap. Yeah, I'll watch her in anything, even if it's crap. Or Back to the... Or uh, Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> they are good movies. <laughs> the other trailer we're going to talk about is Tenant. So we've got a new trailer for this and still trying to work out what it is. Of course, we're talking about Christopher Nolan's mind-bending, time-altering Tenant. So or, or what through. do they call it? it it's not time traveling it's inversion or something it's what like it does that. isn't it inception it's, it's, it's all very everything's turning in I mean, on itself this trailer does have i guess um out of all christopher nolan's movies even in recent times this has the big the strongest inception vibes to it both style um the way this trailer's cut the way it just feels like a Christopher Nolan movie. Like if you removed his name from everything and everything that, you know, all the text that 
hints at you know who he is and stuff and you just show me this trailer i would be like yeah this is a christopher nolan movie right it has yeah, that I mean, feel it, to it, it. Really, all the actors really are there and more but um, I'm, Robert, I'm there for it this this yeah. looks interesting and i like that you know there's there's again the mystery around what this actually is I'm there for, and what I'm really mm. applauding Nolan for, he's making a strong commitment to a theatrical release. He is saying 17th of July. That's when you're going to see this on the big screen. I don't think that's got the potential to happen worldwide, but certain countries, it might still get that mm. release. But what's been said, if he cannot keep the July release, is going to move it later in the year. If that happens, it will bump another Warner Brothers movie later in the year, and that is Wonder Woman 1984. But no matter what happens... I no mean, that's only, that's only is, a month away, right? Isn't Wonder Woman 84 only coming the that's following... August, I believe, that's August, August, yeah. Yeah. So Nolan f- is making a strong commitment for this being theatrical. And I know a lot of other studios are also making that commitment, whether it's Universal moving Fast and the Furious 9 yeah. back a year. So other studios are doing that. But, but you, we're still hearing of some examples of movies shifting to BOD. But he's making a strong commitment, tenant, yeah, I think or nothing. There are certain movies that, of course, they're, they're, they're not going to... I'd lose too much money. They want it to be in theaters where where it would bring in the most return. And um, yeah, I think Christopher Nolan, um, Warner Brothers, whoever else is attached to this, they're saying Tenet is going to be like that flagship movie to bring the return of the cinema, movie going experience, all of that. They want it. They want that to be part of its thing. I mean, at the end of this trailer, the big words "coming soon" to theaters or the cinema, whatever it says. There's no date, but I mean, so maybe they're leaving it a bit open, but it's pretty bold. It's like a statement. It's like, we are coming to cinemas. Like, remember us? Like, we're still here and we're going to, yeah. So the, I love it. The, um, Can't wait. With the, the date, it's interesting because until this trailer dropped, they removed the date from social media. After the trailer dropped, they put the date back. <laughs> so they. You see, something. Like, yeah, something like social media, I mean, they can, that can always be changed, you know, at the click of a button. Something like a cut trailer with, you know, even though it's just one minor digital thing, it's like, if they do end up bumping the movie, you know, they can just still repurpose this trailer without touching it at all. Very easy, you know, like they open the door. But I think the main part of it is the statement that we're coming to cinemas, theaters, or whatever they call it. Yeah, it's, it's um, a strong commitment to make. And I think it's a, I, I like it. I really do like it. Whether it's Christopher Nolan, you know, he's holding up Tenant, or whether it's, you know, Edgar Wright being a champion of the cinema experience. Because, you know, you know the cinemas are going to open again. And, you know, it's going to be a slow return and it might not be what it was before for a long time. But cinemas are going to need us to start going back and buying tickets, watching movies. And having people like Christopher Nolan and Edgar Wright saying, here's our movies, watch them on the big screen. Yeah, I mean, I know in Australia, we're in a good place. I think um, at least where we are in WA, we have cinemas opening um, as early as next month. Um, We're going to need some new movies to go watch. Otherwise, we're just going to be watching 
some re-releases. So um, I don't know. <laughs> we need Tenant, I think. I think we need it. Um, but you know how we are, you know how I am at least with, you know, watching trailer number two, three, all that kind of stuff. So this is trailer number two for this movie. Normally I'd stay away, but I trust that Nolan has that little control where he knows what not to reveal. And yeah, I got nothing from this trailer except excitement and hints at the concept of, of what's it. So yeah, time inversion. I don't know what it's about. It's time altering, time traveling to an extent, like isolated time travel of an object or a certain, I don't know, but it's, it's I don't know, it's cool. And that's all I know. And that's the movie. And there's a bunch of actors in it, which we're familiar with being Nolan uh, favorites. Rob Patterson uh, rocking some interesting hair in this movie that uh, looks good. It does. And, um, and that's it. That's it for trailer talk. Now on to movie news. Do you want to start us off on this um, very surprising DC news? I mean, you say surprising. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it did come out of uh, almost out of nowhere. But I mean, there's been a big cry for it. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut um, is what it's been all, all about. But it's official. The Snyder Cut of the uh, Justice League movie is coming to HBO Max in 2021. Um, Zack Snyder said of Justice League, um, it will be an entirely new thing. He's saying you've probably seen about one-fourth of what it's going to be. So what are we getting? A, f- a four hour movie? I mean, there's hour so movie? much to talk about here. Now you've, you, you mentioned the hashtag release the Snyder cut. Years that's been thrown around. There's been yeah. billboards in the U S like, you know, <laughs> fans have wanted this to happen. So Some, like some of the principal actors have come out and actually voice their opinions. Like, yeah, release it. People like Kevin Smith have said, you know, like, oh, I've seen a, a version of it, you know, Zack Snyder's cut. And we all, we all, you know, we, we discussed it as well. We speculated that it was probably a rough cut, unfinished special effects, maybe some storyboards thrown in there as well, Honestly, you know, like a, an assembly cut of sorts. Never in a million years did I think we would be here today talking about this being a reality. I just think it but was it's, just but one it's not of those just, things. But it's not just they're going to release it. It's they're going to, I guess, in a way, finish it. And hopefully they finish it to the level that it needs to be completed. But they're apparently throwing 20 to $30 million um, at this thing as well. And to be honest, I mean, I think the reason they're doing it is because they can release it on HBO Max. They can use it as a marketing tool. So, you know, they have a marketing budget. Instead of being like, hey, we've got to pull this money out of nowhere release this theatrically or let's create a whole bunch of you know physical media and distribute that that costs money release it to hbo max doesn't cost anything in terms of just distribution they can spend all the money on the post-production which essentially is where this movie is at it needs post-production it's it's a it's a good investment and you know how they're actually going to release it so because it's on a streaming service people are going to watch it on tv it could end up being a four-hour movie, but alternatively, they could put it out as a six-episode series. Out of similarly, two, which didn't um, look. I would rather. I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter if if it's released in any form as long as it's released. I mean, I would prefer a a clean-cut movie, just beginning to end, four hours. Um, my fear is that if they re- release it episodically, the HBO model is that they release weekly 
um, which I'm always, I'm actually a fan of with TV series releases. Uh, Netflix doesn't tend to do it often, but that's my preference, but not for, for this. I think this was meant to be a movie. It should be released as a movie. So my bets would be that it will be one single thing, but they could make more money, I guess, out of it. They'll get more views. However, streaming money-making works. Uh, yeah. But you know Very what? interesting. They could even do both, to be honest. <laughs> they've, got, they've got the streaming service. They could put it out initially as a four-hour movie, and then later, Snyder could come back and maybe do something else. You know, The Hateful Eight, you can watch it as a movie, or there's a version that Tarantino has edited down as an episodic series. Yeah, that was the example I was thinking. I was like, they've they've just done. It. I don't know if it, I think that's on Netflix though. Yeah. Not, is that on Australian Netflix? Or I don't is that think we have it, but they've got yeah. it in the UK. So I'd say they've got it in the US as well. Not here in Australia, but they've got their own streaming service. They can do what they want because they don't have to like rely on advertisers or anything else. They can. They, do you know what I mean? You mentioned it. Like they've got a marketing budget, hmm. and that could be a good use of funds. Like they're going to. This want is marketing. This is a and subscribe and yeah. but either way we're getting ahead of ourselves we're getting a snyder <laughs> justice league movie and have you heard? it's amazing it's it's i really dislike the movie i mean i've tried to rewatch it and you I mentioned struggle. recently and i, I can't get I, through i don't want to go back i do not want to it's, go back i'm a fan of danny elfman uh joss whedon superman mm. you know all these all these elements and but as a movie, I, I struggle. I'm not doing it's what the fans are doing, where they're, they're, they're filming themselves, snapping the Blu-rays of the movie. Too far, guys. Okay. You can, you nah, can have both. I mean... It's not one or the other. You can have both. <laughs> but have you heard there's an official title for the movie now, and it even has its own IMDb page. The full title of the movie, are you ready? Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's what they go okay. officially. So it is not the Snyder Cut, which I do like. They're going with Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's weird. You think, um, you know, with the hashtag trend, they would just call it the Snyder Cut, but we're all going to call it that. It's like, crazy though, isn't it? Because, you know, after Batman v Superman and Justice League not being what they intended, I know that Snyder had personal reasons why he couldn't continue with the movie. They brought Joss Whedon in. But... DC seemed to, I say DC, Warner Brothers, really distance themselves from Snyder. Yeah, with All the movies that later, followed. Yeah. They're like, hey, does anybody want to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League as a title? But do you know what? I, I really like Man of Steel. I enjoyed, I'm in the, the camp that enjoyed Batman v Superman. Like, hey, it's not perfect, but I pretty much enjoyed it. I enjoyed Zack Snyder's vision and style to it. I think he deserved to finish his at least his trilogy. Yeah, I do um, too. I do. Man of Steel watched, to, to Justice League. I, you know, again, like, you know, Superman is my guy. He's my character. Like, he's like my all-time favourite. And when I first watched Man of Steel at the cinema, I did struggle a lot with that take on the character. And then I was, I warmed to it a little bit more when I picked it up on Blu-ray. Years later, I came back to it. Loved it completely yeah. just got just submersed in the movie and yeah absolutely loved it as a movie and a particular take on the character but it, it took me years to fully appreciate man of steel 
Oh, definitely, because I think that's how that's how deep it, it goes. It's about it's about the man, the character, the individual, like who Superman is. Oh, it's so yeah. Zack Snyder deserves this, I reckon. So it really does. It, it does. I just hope yeah, it's good. Yeah. I just hope it's good. Oh my god! But it's hey. it's bonkers. Hashtag release the David Echo. No, I'm not going to look too much. That's true. This was the Justice League thing. Perfect storm. The I circumstances, agree, although unfortunate. I think we could. The IP is big enough. I don't think Suicide Squad is, is important enough for watch them to... this space, people. Give it a couple of years. <laughs> Give it a it's couple like, of years. Just think of it. Like someone says, oh, they stuffed up the Suicide Squad movie. No one cares. They stuffed up the Justice League movie. That's big. We got to fix that. We got to fix that. It's got so much potential. Like they already did an ultimate cut or whatever they called that thing. And I never watched it. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Is that on the Blu-ray or where, where's that's that? On the, that's on the Blu-ray. I've got it. I, I can reach it. I, I, need to, I need to have a look at that. But that's different to what the David Air Cup would be. Yeah. But anyway, we're, we're talking about Snyder. We're happy about that. <laughs> it's huge news. It really is um, huge news. But you know, let's uh, let's talk about some Marvel news, as we do. Disney has set a new release date for the New Mutants. The much delayed film is now set to release on August twenty eighth. Now, is this the sixth date? Is that my is I my think counting it's correct? Maybe higher than that. And honestly, <laughs> oh, I think I say it every episode at this point. It's going to be on Disney Plus. I will be so shocked if this is going to be a theatrical release. No, they've come this far. They've come this far. They might as well. Just... Oh, man. I want to see it. I really do. I really do want to see this yeah. movie. But they've said now, hopefully, this is the last time they move the date. <laughs> well, yeah, what are they going to say? Hopefully, we move it again. <laughs> oh, man. Like, this no. is a movie that they'd. Finished a long time ago. You know, I mentioned yeah. Maisie Williams Woman. is like forty-seven now. Yeah, she's old. I, I mentioned Wonder <laughs> Woman nineteen eighty-four earlier. That movie was finished and ready to go in November last year, but they purposely held on to it to put it out as a summer release, and then yeah, COVID, you know, screwed everything up. <laughs> that makes sense. Though. That's... But Wonder Woman, New Mutants. The studios have these movies finished, ready to go. They're just waiting for the right time to release them. So hopefully, New Mutants, October 28th. Listen, if this is at the cinema, I'm watching it at the cinema. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. It's fine. August will be, we'll be okay. Um, so Spider-Man. We are getting, an, an, we've got a couple actually, but first up, an untitled Spider-Man universe movie or Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters, whatever you want to call it. Um, SJ Clarkson will helm the first female-led movie in Sony's Spider-Man universe. The film is rumoured to feature Madam Web, um, but this has not been confirmed. I guess they were just... They had previously discussed that Madam Web was on the on the cards there. Uh, Clarkson is known for her previous work directing episodes of Dexter, Succession, Jessica Jones, and a few other things. What do you think, Madam Web? Should they do it, or should they just do an Aunt May movie? <laughs> we, we've talked about Madam Web before on the podcast. As a character, I strongly dislike her. I remember the yeah. Spider-Man animated series from the 90s, and she was in it a lot, I think, from like season three onwards. Strongly disliked her as a character. But in that show, it was just someone Peter talked to, right? It wasn't... 
and then I think she started to mess with things a bit later on, but or she maybe voiced, she messed with stuff at she first. She was voiced and, by Stanley's wife, Joan Lee. Is it Joan Lee? Well, anyway, his name oh. is, her name's Joan when she voiced the character on the show. But the character I always disliked. I mean, they're going to keep Sony. I've got Spider-Man and supporting characters, so they're going to try and do... Ah, they're going to do as many movies as they can. But I, I don't know about Madam Web. I mean, it might not be that character that Clarkson is going to work on. I imagine they would go with something more recognisable and more out there. I mean, like um, Spider-Gwen is huge yeah, right I was going to say, though, like, I don't know, Jackpot? <laughs> Maybe they make a <laughs> jackpot movie and they go to somebody like Mark Guggenheim and see if he'd be interesting, you know, on scripting that movie. Well, I mean, it sounds Sony, like they Sony have done, done it. <laughs> Sony have done that. We're going to get a jackpot movie. I mean, this is a character that I think years and years ago she popped up in a couple of Spider-Man comics I was reading, but nothing about that character stayed with me like you're a spider-man guy i don't even know who that is well i will tell like, you and it's it's confusing jackpot is actually the name of two different heroes the first jackpot was sarah ahern a scientist who was imbued with super strength in a lab accident while the second alana jobson inherited the identity from ahern and gets her powers from ingesting mutant growth hormones so there you go that's jackpot in a nutshell and she's getting a but, movie but, but, like what do, they should just do the stupid black cat movie and <laughs> silver sable thing yes yes but like, instead all, they're doing jackpot maybe they could do spider well woman as. i don't know i mean i don't know i mean i get they they want to do a female one cool fine whatever I think there are some better char- like some better known characters. You've said it already, Spider Gwen. You know she's one of the more popular characters from recent years, like new character. But I think maybe with these Sony Spider-Man movies, they're not going to want to focus on a character that's going to be that people are going to find too similar to Spider-Man. Right? They don't want a Spider-Man, Spider Woman, Spider Gwen. Yeah. So instead of doing that, jackpot. <laughs> we don't know which version of the character it's going to be. I, I, I got, I got nothing. We're getting a jackpot. It's movie. like they literally, you know, it's like they actually like looked at the catalog and went, okay, what female character we have? And unfortunately, I guess Spider-Man's rogues, as as awesome as they are, there aren't that many big female ones except, you know, Black Cat, Silver Sable, which I don't even think is a is a Spider-Man. Dylan of sorts, Silver Sable. Oh, I think she's know, more. They, they go up against each other very, you know, often. I'm thinking Doctor Octopus because that that was just into the Spider Verse. <laughs> yeah, the the female Doctor. You're Octopus. right. There's not many female villains from to I'm not really. against. But whatever. Um, let me talk about Nightwolf. Um, Kevin Hart <laughs> and Tim. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, talk about it. Yep. Yeah, Kevin Hart and Tim Story are reteaming for a superhero comedy. Uh, Nightwolf is described as a meet the parents esque encounter uh, where Hart's character meets his fiance's father for the first time. However, he soon learns that his in law to be is actually a titular superhero, Nightwolf. 
It sounds all right. It sounds fun. When you <laughs> said uh, Kevin Hart and Tim Story reteaming, it took me a while to register. Ride along with Ice Cube. That's what they did together. Mm. They were all right. They were pretty fun. Yeah. When I always think of Tim Story, though, I'm always thinking of the Fantastic Four movies. Underrated. Those colourful things. what I'll say. So underrated. More so the first one. Unfortunately, Marvel put that out. I'll say Marvel. It was Fox. But whatever. The same year Warner Brothers put out Batman Begins, the timing was just off. Oh, yeah, that's no good. It really? Yeah, that like movie. The, the Silver Surfer stuff I can probably oh, do with that, that movie. Let's leave that, that movie. movie. But, the but that first, first one. First one, yeah. Nothing really wrong with it. No, it was a fun movie. movie. Yeah, it is. It's a, it was it's a the, fun movie. I would say... The superhero family, it was, you know, colourful, kid-friendly. Why not? It's the best Fantastic Four movie. That first one that Tim Story directed. Fact. That or The Incredibles. Yeah, fact. <laughs> but should we not be talking about Nightwolf, the new movie that's coming out? Well, I don't know. I it mean, that's... Like, that's all... it? Yeah, it sounds a funny premise. Um, I like when they put a spin on, you know, like a superhero type thing. Superhero comedy is usually pretty good. There it's, it a, it's a character we know Hart plays well. He's going to be... He's going to be this nervous, twitchy guy around his superhero potential father-in-law figure. Sounds fun. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. though, if, if they, you know, whether it be a week from now, a month from now, we're talking about the fact that they've just cast Samuel L. Jackson as the superhero, would not be surprised. Whoa. Would not be surprised at all. And do you I know, actually do like you know- that. You know who should be superheroes? Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Ooh, nice. Well, you're in book. <laughs> Johnson oh, and Blunt are set to star in Ball and Chain, a feature-length adaption of Scott Lobdell's 90s comic. The two will play a super-powered couple going through marriage issues whose powers only work when they're together. Again, like, interesting premise. It sounds, you know, there's a there's a there's a catch to it. There's you know that's that's cool. Now they've got their movie that Disney one, um, Jungle Cruise or whatever, which has been delayed a whole so, year. A whole yeah, year that's so been well, delayed. We know that, and we've seen trailers and stuff. We can see that their dynamic seems pretty good, and obviously they worked well enough that they were like, let's do it again. Let's do something else. So all things look positive for this, and I really like that premise, that idea that. Their, their marriage is in, is in grief. and But if they want to be superheroes and do their thing, they've got to work together. That's, See, it sounds complicated. Fun. We've liked yeah. them both as actors. They don't yet have a distributor or a studio attached, but I did hear that they this movie could end up at Netflix. So it goes to, oh. goes to show, you know, what we were talking about earlier, that they seem to be putting up more money for their movies now. That's right. I mean, they're in, they're in a lot of debt, but I mean, that's it's what they do. It's what they do, and they're getting it done. Um, Ride or Die, Marlon Wyans will star in the upcoming buddy cop romantic comedy, Ride or Die. Um, it's being likened to When Harry Met Sally, but with guns. <laughs> that sounds all right. <laughs> so do you know much about this? or No, no. That's why I've provided mm. you with a description. 
I appreciate that. So you have written, Ride or Die will follow the story of robbery detective Martin Banks, a uh, consummate professional and narcotics detective and unapologetic butt kicker, Tammy Moore. Uh, sparks and bullets fly when these opposites are partnered to track down a billion-dollar cache of deadly opioids uh, stolen from the vault of a multinational pharmaceutical company that threatened to flood the streets of Chicago. That really tested my reading ability. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've just spoiled the whole movie. (laughs) That's essentially (laughs) what it's going to be. Marlon Wayans, uh, his recent films, Sex Doppelets, what did he do before that? The one where he turned, oh, the Groundhog Day type movie. Yeah, his movies have not been doing it for me of late, but he's got some good movies behind him. Hopefully, this is going to be a better movie than what we've seen from him recently. But what I will say about this film, this is the last story I added when prepping the show. (laughs) I just thought it was a bit different. I just wonder, I think it's all going to come down to who they cast as Tammy Moore. Yeah, good point. So it's, yeah. I mean, if it's Harry Met Sally with guns, it, it's going to be the, it's going to be a duo. All oh, right, and I you thought know, you were going to say that it's going to be Meg Ryan. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I was going to say we, it can't all be Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, you know. So mine wines and who and who? Me, who knows? You're completely, you're completely right. It's going to come down with who they pair him with, and maybe that's what's been lacking from these recent movies. I mean, sex tuplets. His co-stars were him. He was all of them. <laughs> he played mm. like five, six characters. The movie's literally called Set Toplets, so and you're like, you played five or six characters. Yes. <laughs> keeping you on your toes. Um, yeah, next story. <laughs> <laughs> Legally Blonde 3. Yeah, that's, um, that's a movie that's, that's happening. Mindy Kaling has been tapped to co-write... Legally Blonde 3, with her writing partner, Dan Gore. Reese Witherspoon will return to the role of Ellie Woods in the upcoming film. Now, are you a big fan of uh, Legally Blonde? Never seen One it. and or two? Nope, never seen really, it. Really, neither. I'm, you know what? I Did they not make a prequel? I feel like they did. Or maybe I dreamt it. Witherspoon oh, wasn't about attached. that. It was Something a, about that rings a bell, but yeah. I feel like that wouldn't make any sense because it was a direct that, to yeah, it was like a home release. Like, like, oh, yeah, that really, yeah, which obviously makes it non-canon. Um, it does, but, but, uh, yeah, let's ignore that because it might not actually exist. <laughs> I feel like but it, it wouldn't make, make any sense. A third, but you know what? My my wife really likes those first two movies, and I mentioned to her that they're making the third, and she's there for it. The first one's really good, <laughs> surprisingly. It's pretty good. Um, I can't really remember the second one. I don't think I gave it that much time, but uh, if it's Reese Witherspoon coming back, and um, maybe she can play the character to age, you know, like, a lot older and stuff like that and let's see how she's grown and progressed and i don't know maybe there's something to say there but mindy mindy kaling in the uh in the writing chair or half of the writing chair she's been doing some good stuff hasn't she well what i found notable was dan gore he's the guy behind brooklyn 99 like i absolutely love that show i didn't realize until doing prep for this story that he was actually a writing partner of kaling but you're right yeah she does good stuff 
mini project and she had um she got a new show on netflix as well hasn't she the name's escaping me but she's she's doing stuff i'll just say yes and um and we'll move on um good bad and undead peter dinklage will play uh van helsing and jason momoa will play a vampire in an upcoming movie with that name good bad and undead tell me more Together, they'll scam towns as Van Helsing pretends to slay the vampire for money. So it's exactly that, man. It's Jason Momoa's a vampire. Peter Dinklage is hunting them down. That's it. It's fun, but I'll tell you. You can this visualize movie, it. This movie <laughs> has Netflix written all over it. We don't. Yeah. Hey, speculation. What happened, <laughs> what happened before Netflix when there were these movies announced like this and VOD everything? or just. Yeah. Direct to home release. No, I don't know. I reckon this is going to have some money behind it and, you know, it could be theatrical. I like the cast. Uh, interesting premise. I feel like, it, I mean, it's got to be a comedy of sorts, right? Like, I'd say. It's, yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a comedy. Scream 5. We mentioned, I think, just the last show that Neve Campbell is coming back as Sydney. Now we know David Arquette will reprise the role of Dewey Riley in the new Scream movie. I mean, after this, all we need is Courtney Cox and we got a, we got our trio. We're on our way. I think at this point, on our I was happy with Campbell, but now we've got Arquette. Now I need, I'm going to have to say a full name, Courtney Cox. What did I say? No, you said it right. I just didn't want to say I need Cox. That's why I said I'll <laughs> That's what I thought I'd go for a full length. <laughs> oh, all right. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, um, for, um, yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, Scream <laughs> 5. Oh, also, <laughs> moving on. Um, De- uh, Matthew Lillard wants to return. I mean, sure. <laughs> We've all seen Scream <laughs> 1. We know what happens that. in that movie. Um, he he hasn't, he never, but he didn't return. He was never in number two or three or no, four. No, because he's dead. He definitely died, right? I yes, know he was he one half of the of the ghost face. But yeah, he was. Yeah, he died. And he died. That was the whole thing. But regardless, he wants to come back. You know what I say? Let him. Let's bring him all back. Make it happen. Jamie Kennedy, get him on the phone. <laughs> Let's just bring all Just so he can explain back. stuff. Just so he yeah. can explain the rules. And, he explains and it very well, though. But right. there we go. I mentioned That's it. Our Scream 5 update. We needed it. Okay, well, that's it for movie news. And now on to TV news. Let's start with uh, DC shows on the CW. Uh, The CW has announced that all of their new and returning shows won't air until 2021. So your heart's a little bit broken or understandable. You're accepting it as long as they're coming back. That's all that matters. I get the reasons why. That's fine. What can they do? January 2021, we've got Black Lightning, The Flash, Superman and Lois, and Batwoman. Um, During the mid-season in 2021, DC's Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl. Um, But we've also got the next Arrowverse crossover. Um, We will see Superman and Batwoman team up in a two-episode special. So they're going smaller, I guess, in scale on their crossovers. That's what I'm getting from this. On Sounds Like Comics, we did a review of Crisis and Infinite Earths, and they went so big with that crossover. We were saying, well, 
the next logical step is to go smaller. You can't go mm. bigger than Crisis because they were pulling characters from the movies, like digging deep the history of DC on TV. So you had to tell a smaller story and they're choosing to do that with Superman and Batwoman. But what is happening with Batwoman? Well, Ruby Rose has exited the role. So that could affect the crossover we're literally just talking about because this news came after that announcement. The star of the CW series will not return for season two. Warner Brothers TV says the show will continue with the title role being recast. So whatever that means, are we... Mm -hmm. There is, there is a, there's an arc at the moment. Season season one is just wrapped, but they have a way built into the first season of Kate Kane, Batwoman suddenly looking like somebody else. I'm hoping they don't do that and they just recast somebody else. Never mention it. Just I did come, it. Ac- I did come across a type of uh, spoiler ish thing uh, relating to a certain particular character and a mask of sorts. Um, So I think I know what you're alluding to. Right. We won't spoil it, but even before the thing that you read, wearing masks and looking like other people in Batwoman is a regular occurrence. Okay. Okay. So they could just have that be built into the story. This is why... But then at at any point... They would have to maybe they could explain like you know if they took the mask off she should then look like Ruby Rose again so I think they just recast don't address it yes. recast you know and move forward with the role up for grabs Brooklyn Nine Nine's Stephanie Beatrix talked to social media to let her interest be known and many other actresses have done the same people are being quite I did, vocal I, about wanting this role. I was reading into it a little bit just to see, you know, what's going on? This is, this is such a big thing. And I don't think anything's like this has sort of happened uh, with these shows before, like within this, uh, within the Arrowverse. Um, I think the producers or the, the writers of the show, whoever you know, involved of casting and all that, apparently they do want to keep the focus on an, an actress, you know, within LGBTQI, whatever the, the letter ring is um, in line with, I guess the, the character and, as much as I'm like that, you know, that's all cool. I think they should just get the best actress for the role. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, and that's, that's what character, the representation is great, yeah. but the, I know, but the, the character represents that the, you know, yeah. the character does represent that. You don't need to have an actress that is also a lesbian. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. The character's there to have that representation. Just get the best actress. And obviously, unfortunately didn't work out with Ruby Rose and I've heard conflicting things. Might've been her, might've been them. I've heard it's both. I've heard, I've heard it's both. I've heard that she found it, it demanding. And you know what? I couldn't do it. Like you hear, you know, whether it's uh, Grant Gustin on The Flash, Stephen Amell, Arrow, what these actors put themselves through for these for these series. Almost like athletes. It's like... a lot to ask of anybody. And it sounds like maybe... Uh, it was just too much. Like, not that Ruby yeah. Rose wasn't capable. It just didn't seem... I, I don't know what her motives were, but apparently there's elements that she found difficult. And because of that, there's, there was 
things that people working on the show found difficult when working with her. But you know what? She's going to be recast. Season two is still going to happen. So whether that means they're going to continue with the Batwoman-Superman crossover, I don't know. I think maybe they might change that because they're building up Ruby Rose as Batwoman. They're going to partner her with Superman. And all of a sudden, no Ruby Rose. They're going to have a new actress. We're going to, you know, it may take a while to get used to her and we're to accept her as being one part of this crossover. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Going forward, as long as the show is good and fans like yourself are happy, that's all that matters. Um, Doom Patrol, though, season two will premiere June 25th on HBO Max and DC Universe. Is DC Universe still going to be a thing? I know I'm just it's throwing still, in a random question there. It's, it's still happening. At the moment, there's no plans to stop it. It's still not available outside the US, which is a huge pain in the arse, if I'm honest. We have to <laughs> wait for you know, alternative means. Like Most of DC Universe shows end up on Fox 8 here in Australia. Harley Quinn, that's going to sci-fi. So we have to just wait and see where shows land. Doom Patrol, so that's going to be both HBO Max and DC Universe. With Stargirl, that's airing two nights apart, first on DC Universe, then on CW. So they are already looking at more than one release option for DC Universe originals. I think eventually Mm. it will go. I'm hoping HBO Max is going to have enough clout. It's going to be a lot bigger than DC Universe. And like Disney Plus, Netflix, Prime, they can do a worldwide release. And if DC Universe is a part of HBO Max, I'd get it in an instant. Yeah. At this moment in Australia, most of HBO stuff ends up on our Foxtel, which is our... I don't know, the equivalent of our satellite cabling type programming. Pay TV. It's no good. Um, but Doom Patrol, all good yes. stuff there. Doom Patrol, we didn't actually talk about Doom Patrol. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a full rewatch of season one in anticipation of an upcoming episode of Sounds Like Comics. And what a show. It is absolutely fantastic. I'm enjoying rewatching the show and very much looking forward to season two. Sweet Tooth is a comic. Now it's going to be <laughs> a TV show. I started it's a reading it. DC comic. Yeah, well, Vertigo, which was right, more yeah. like a, a mature imprint of, of DC. The interesting thing here, so it's a, it's a Warner TV and all those things, DC Comics. Robert Downey Jr., his production company is behind the show. Of course, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, has been associated with Marvel for all these years, and now he's jumping over, not quite doing tights and capes, but he's doing a DC-associated project. It's interesting. It's interesting. (laughs) The eight-episode series is based on Jeff Lemire's comic and will star Will Forte and James Brolin. Brolin will be the narrator, and I think think Forte will be the main guy. This is a Mad Max type world, human-animal hybrids. It's crazy. 
again, it finished, <laughs> I started it, and yeah, it's going to be a TV show on Netflix. You know what human-animal hybrids makes me think of? And no, not Ninja Turtles, surprisingly, but the that bloody Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon oh, animated series. That's what, I, that's what I think <laughs> of. I can think of oh. nothing else except that being the example of yeah, human-animal hybrids. Example. I was... Oh, really looking forward to that i remember in the uk having fox kids enjoying 90s animated spider-man the next animated series was that not very good not very good um the umbrella academy is set to return for season two in july cool love that first that's, season that's the news there so yeah fans you got more coming Pretty soon, I guess. I think we can say that's about a month away. Very soon. It's one of the um, the rare occasions where I watched something adapted from a comic book I had no knowledge of. As soon as I finished the season, rushed out and bought the comic. Really enjoyed what? Umbrella Academy. I think that's um, interesting because it's like more often now is that more obscure things are getting that adaption. So you'll be exposed to more things that you wouldn't have normally have known about before. And then there's that opportunity to go off and, and rush to it. So I mean, even like Doom Patrol, like, yeah, it's DC Comics, but then the, the, the series of comics that the show was based on, written by Grant Morrison, was also Vertigo, like Sweet Tooth. So that's obscure. So we've gone from Doom Patrol, Sweet Tooth, Umbrella Academy. So it's good that they're not just focusing on Marvel and DC, like the big characters. We're getting some smaller properties on the small screen. It's good. Star Trek. We're getting more Star Trek. We're getting a new show, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I had no idea what they were going to call this show, but I was hoping it was going to be a thing. I like the title. A, a callback to the, you know, the original dialogue of the captain's log and, and all that. It's, it's, it's a great title. Star Trek Strange New World has been announced featuring iconic characters like Spock, Number One, and Captain Pike. And this is what I wanted. Season two of Discovery, we continued with the characters we were first introduced to in that first season. But we also got these three characters that we knew from previous interpretations of Star Trek. And they were great. Like, they really... They, they were absolutely fantastic. And I was hoping we would actually get more of Anson Mount as Pike because he was just brilliant. Uh, Rebecca Romaine is back as number one and Ethan Peck is back as science officer Spock. So much Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so yeah. happy. And <laughs> I'm so happy. I imagine, because I know, you know, with these, what do we call them, like the, the CBS All Access show, the Star Trek shows or whatever it, it, it's on. Um, I mean, what I've noticed of them, and I haven't been watching them avidly, but I've, you know, checked out a few episodes here and there. Um, it's, it's like they've, they've taken the Star Trek series, like the Star Trek franchise in a whole new uh, direction and stuff. Um, Picard, for example, is a very unique show in itself being somewhat like a sequel spin-off type thing to the next generation. The sounds of like, from what I can gather from this strange new worlds thing, it sounds like, back to basics with Star Trek. It looks like we're going to be with a crew, obviously Pike being the captain, and it, it might be an opportunity for them to go back to what Star Trek, the original series was, which was 
going to strange new worlds and coming across different civilizations and having that more philosophical <laughs> kind of i thought you were going to do the whole thing <laughs> the whole open no <laughs> <laughs> no but it might give them the opportunity to actually have those interactions with you know different yeah uh, planets uh, creatures species and you know make it more of a what star trek originally was which was quite intellectual as opposed to just like zappy zappy <laughs> yeah, absolutely right this sounds like it's going to be more in line with classic trek like discovery is off doing its own thing and they did a good job to introduce these new actors with familiar roles the card is its own thing as well so we're going to get three live action star trek tv series as well as two animated star trek series we're going to have star trek lower decks uh, by one of the co-creators of rick and morty which is going to be more an adult-based series we're also going to get a show on nickelodeon for a younger audience that is five ongoing star trek series and all it's never happened and all unique and different which yeah. instead of just like, well, here's, you know, with the live action ones, here's three Star Trek series and they're all the same. It's like they're all really different and not just different characters, different time periods and stuff. It's different themes, different uh, styles. It, yeah, but all part of the same world, which is cool. We've had some good Star Trek films, but for me, Star Trek works best on TV. I'm very happy oh, with the direction yeah. they're taking at the moment. Um, speaking of Star Trek, um, here's some Star Wars crossed uh, Battlestar Galactic. <laughs> so had to do Star it. Trek. Had, had to do it. The Mandalorian is what I'm talking about. Um, but Battlestar Galactica actress Katie Sackhoff will play a live action version of Bo Katan Cries. Probably didn't say that right. Don't correct me. Um, a character she previously voiced on Clone Wars and Rebels in Mandalorian Season 2. Um, we've also got Timothy Oliphant joining the cast of The Mandalorian in unknown role at this time. Um, but Katie Sackhoff, the character from Clone Wars and Rebels, are you familiar? I know you're not a Clone Wars guy. No, I've, I do need to go back and finish Clone Wars. I've done Rebels. This is really interesting, isn't it? Because not only are we getting a character from Rebels to so jumping from an animated series to live action, they're actually using the same actress, which is pretty great. We talked about recently how they're bringing Ahsoka to Mandalorian, but they're recasting the role. So this time, yeah, Sakoff, she's sticking with the character. So again, well, I'm a bad exam. I'm a bad person to sort of give an opinion on, but Sakoff is a. She seems like quite a competent, strong kind of... Oh, I mean, come on. Battlestar Galactica, female. like you said it in the... You said yeah, it like, like, you know, she, she can do this. Yeah, so, but I mean, I don't know the character that she's based on, so I don't know if that's what they need, but obviously, if it fits, if it works... She's a strong, there's a reason they bring action around. type. Okay, that, yeah, that sounds like Katie Sackhoff. That's, yeah, it, that's it, that's her, right? Definitely. Wicked. And Timothy Oliphant? Sure, why not? I mean, he's fantastic. He's, he's great. He could be anything. Like, you know, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, anything in this. I'm just happy that he's involved, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. He's fantastic. Uh, Timothy, glad to have you. <laughs> Percy Jackson. Can you remember those films? I saw the first one. How many were there? I think they did two. All right. I watched one. 
and they they started as books for <laughs> this a couple <laughs> of movies. You know, you know, a film series didn't go well when they only did two. Because you it's think not, if it's, it's one, number, is it? yeah. if it's one, it's like, look, we just want it to be a one and done. If it's not three, always. it's like, yeah. <laughs> they did not uh, want that to be one and done. That's true. They had but to wait they, so many years before we got can, to start with two they, they can get away with it if they wanted to. If they you didn't get three, away with like, that, yeah. everyone would actually do failure. But I get your point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, Percy Jackson. As a you. live action Percy Jackson series is in development at Disney Plus. Author Rick Riordan stated that the series will follow the storyline of the original five book series, starting with The Lightning Thief in season one. So that was essentially the first movie. Okay. Fair enough. From so, memory. That's wasn't it Percy so, Jackson and the Lightning Thief? Wasn't that the full title of that yeah, first movie? Yeah. And then the second one was like, I don't know, Trident. Wang or something. I don't know. It was something. The Olympus, Olympic <laughs> gods, yeah. Olympians on water skis. I don't know. Something well, this crazy. Is Disney Plus, they're going fantastical. You know, they're sticking with adaptions. Yeah. Doing I can imagine like a maybe six, seven, eight episode seasons. So one season per book, five seasons is hopeful, I guess. Maybe this maybe this will work better in, in the long form. You know, like... I think so. And... And you know Disney, we've said it before. Deep pockets. Yeah, they've got. It this. doesn't have to. It doesn't have to all be like crazy big budgets. They can spend more just time with the characters, the just talking. Yeah, I, I just mean oh, yeah. having the money to keep the seasons going. Like if they're going to say, right, we're going to adapt, you know, five books across five seasons, they've got. The I'll do it. To do that. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to cancel after season three like Netflix does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's all right. Um, what we do in the shadows. Do you watch this show? Yeah, I do. Oh, that's good. Um, well, they've been renewed for a third season at FX. Do you not watch this show? I don't. I watched the movie and I feel like I need to revisit it because people keep talking about this show. But I'm when I watch make, the movie... I'm going to make a statement here. What yep. we do in the shadows is the funniest show on television. Holy it's crap. I mean, I'm, on television. I watched the like first right season... <laughs> Right yep. now, I watched the first season, loved everything about it. So I thought, right, I'm going to watch the movie. Did nothing for me. It did nothing you know for what? me. That's a good sign. Because so that you, movie, yeah. I feel like, is my least favourite uh, Taika Waititi movie. So Honestly, the just shadows. leave the movie and just watch the, the TV series. It's new characters. Done. It's new I'll characters. It. It's moved to the US. And when I heard... They were moving to the US. Oh, what's this going to be? But I was intrigued because Matt Berry was in it. Mm. And I'm a big Matt Berry fan. Like, he's, yeah, I, I really, yeah, anyway, I don't need to, that's a rabbit hole. I don't want to fall down. I'll just <laughs> go on for ages. But yeah, what we're doing in the shadows, like, it's, they're still currently airing season two in the US. And they've got maybe a handful of episodes left. And ahead of the finale, They've announced the third season. So there's obviously an audience for this show. I will check it out however I can get access to it. American Horror Stories. This is something brand new. Ryan Murphy has announced spin-off series to American Horror Story. You like those shows? You've seen the I do. Seasons. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you were giving me nothing. The series will be titled... Well, I've said that already. American Horror Stories and will be 
a one hour contained anthology series. It sounds like more of the same to me, but again, you watch these. What do you think? Well, I guess the difference is like, you know, the American horror story uh, show is one season is one contained anthology or is one contained story. There have been a bit of crossover and stuff like that, but from the sounds of this, it's like each episode will be ah, yes, its own contained uh, thing. So I guess kind of like a kind of like a Black Mirror type thing where they do like one episode is is its own is its own thing. It just means they can do more. Yeah, one okay. done. They can bring in different directors, different ca- like well, usually they bring the same actors around, but lots more different characters and stuff like that. It could be fun and it, it could be very easily digestible. You know, well, that's, it's a very good point because if you're watching, yeah. I remember, I think you, I, I really enjoyed that first season. Second season, not, not really. Mm. It was too much going on. And then third season, I lost interest. And that made me move away from the whole show. Whereas that's, this, the, that's the problem with the anthology like yeah, season with this, like, though, model like, is that if you, you have a bad enjoy, season, you're, you're, yeah. Yeah, but with this, the anthology, if you enjoy one or you don't enjoy one, the next one could be better. Like you might enjoy Definitely. it more. Yeah. This could work. Okay. <laughs> I, I think mean, you're on board with American Murphy Horror Stories. Beatles <laughs> to tell him that. Like this guy is like so successful in what he does. But um, yeah, American Horror Stories is his latest show. Okay, now on to the recommend section. What do you have for us this time? Um, okay, I am going to recommend something on Disney Plus, even though they don't have that much new content. So I guess when they did release something, I checked it out and I was like, yep, good enough to recommend. What could this I- even be? Disney prop culture. Oh, yes. Did you check this out? Loved it. I, I just, I smashed it in a couple of days. It's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. It's great. So if you haven't done that yet, like we have done, do it. I'm recommending it. Um, you've got host Dan Lanigan. Um, he revisits classic Disney titles and looks at them through the lens of how props helped to shape and create the, the, the mo- their most magical moments. It's good because he himself obviously is a fan. He's a collector as well. So, you know, when you have him coming across these items that were in these movies you know he's actually genuinely like wow like this is a part of history this is important it's not just some dude being like oh yeah show me that chimney sweep that's falling apart you know like because to anyone it'd be, be nothing but to him it means something which is cool um episodes focus on mary poppins tron nightmare before christmas pirates of the caribbean honey i front the kids chronicles of narnia and who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, the Muppets movie as well. So, did you have a favourite of them? Um, probably Who Framed Roger Rabbit because that's a movie that I really enjoy. So it was good to mm. hear more about that and having Christopher Lloyd come back. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You know, it's similar to how I experienced the toys that made us. Where yeah. with that show, it's like for me, it doesn't matter what it's about. It's it's, you know, it, it's the history. And like you said, the, you know, Lanigan himself being a fan and a collector. So you just, there's so much joy and so much love put into this show. And it's so enjoyable that it doesn't really matter what it's about. Like his enthusiasm yeah. carries you through. But they're the movies that I'm probably more of a fan of than, that he covered. 
but it, it's just on the whole i i agree with you recommend it mm. is a fantastic show but just like you said there it's like um you know i'm not overly attached or too familiar with the tron movie um the original one anyway and chronicles of narnia but i found those episodes just as entertaining as the rest like even though i was like i've got no attachment to what i'm seeing and what i'm you know learning you know hearing about but it's all there so yeah um as much as Disney Plus does not have that much new content, there's this. There is Disney prop culture. It's, it's a great show. And we talked about it a couple of movie shows ago. That the, the turning point with this show is that it was the first Disney Plus show where they released the whole season in one. The first time they've That's done that. Point. Yeah. Of original. Original like content. Original. Ordinarily, they'll yeah, space true. it out. Even with... The Mandalorian docu series, which we talked about previously, I haven't yet started eight episodes <laughs> of this Mandalorian docu series. I'll watch it at some point. But even that, I just going to say of eight weeks. I just going to say I'm. I mean, I've watched the four episodes that have been released. I don't know oh, if right. the fifth one yet. I mean, I'm not recommending it no, yet. I mean, that's, <laughs> so. that's telling, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll check it out at some point when there's. Nothing else to watch. I'll check it out. Um, okay, I've got an interesting one with my recommend. Um, okay, I'm going to recommend what we do in the shadows. Yeah, Seems I, mean, I think you kind of did already. I've done it. I've done it, um, done it already. The reason why I wanted to though is I kind of felt like the conversations we've had previously. I felt as though you wasn't watching it. And you confirmed that here tonight that you're not actually mm. watching the, the show. I mean, it, I, I felt like. I knew it, but I mean, I guess obviously I didn't really, because again, it's, it's fantastic. Like, you know, I watch it each time with my wife and, you know, we've got, you know, similar tastes on certain things, but especially when it comes to comedy, like not always, you know, on the same page, whereas this is a show that will, we just come together. And like, it's, it's such a funny show and, and well-crafted and like Taika will come in and direct or write an episode the quality to this show is incredible. And Matt Berry is fantastic as Laszlo. He's one of the vampires. And that's the thing with this series. You're not following the characters from the movie in New Zealand. It's new characters on Staten Island in the US. And it's incredible. One of my favorite ongoing gags, Laszlo, the Matt Berry character, whenever he'll turn into a bat, they can just transform. Like they could just do it. It's a thing that happens. Mm. But what he does, each time he transforms from humanoid form into a bat, he says bat. And it makes me laugh every time. But it's the way that he projects and says it. He's a funny okay. guy. Matt Berry from the show Toast of London, IT crowd. But if you're still unfamiliar with what we do in the shadows, it is set in Staten Island. It follows the lives of three traditional vampires. You have Nandor, Laszlo, and Nadia. Colin Robinson, who is a energy vampire. He doesn't have fangs. He's a big boar, and he bores people to death, and he drains their energy to feed. Madness. <laughs> but he is a great <laughs> character. You've also got Gilmo, who is Nandor's familiar. So he's a guy that wants to become a vampire. It's just brilliant. But just like the movie... It's uh, like a, it's shot as a mockumentary. It's brilliant. It's well worth your time. 
I've recommended it twice this episode. I, I'm aware. I mean, that, yeah. it's, it's a good <laughs> show. Okay. Um, as always, we'll close out on some trivia. And I thought when prepping this show originally, Batwoman would be the biggest thing we talk about. Ruby Rose leaving the show. Of course, Zack Snyder's Justice League overshadowed Batwoman. But regardless, I'm sticking with Batwoman for trivia. <laughs> DC Comics originally created Batwoman in 1956 as a love interest to Bruce Wayne Batman to erase gay subtext between Batman and Robin. Okay. I imagine as they actually developed that character, that obviously became problematic. I should have uh... said subtext (laughs) scene between. Not actually. Anyway, it's a scene between Batman (laughs) and Robin. Five decades later, Batwoman was recreated as the openly lesbian character Kate Kane, now considered a LGBT icon and the one inspiring the series. Yeah, that and isn't she also Bruce Wayne's cousin? In the show. But back then, she was his girlfriend to stop people thinking that Batman and Robin was in a relationship. Really, no, only in the no, show? The, no, no, no. The show is based on a recent series of comics. Right. I'm saying recent. I was in college. So what are we talking 2005? Anyway, a long time ago. So over a decade in the comics, they've been cousins. That's how they've adapted it in the show. But if we go back to 1956, she was a love interest to show readers, mm. hey, look, Batman doesn't like Robin. He likes Batwoman. <laughs> so there you go. A little bit of... Um, DC Comics history. Yeah, that got weird, by the way. <laughs> it got very weird. Yeah. It was uh, when, when I first prepped the trivia, it was very straightforward. <laughs> well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Shoot Podcast. We also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of The Wrong Missy. Sounds Like Comics have a recent episode looking at Bloodshot, and Rewind and Review just celebrated their 50th episode with the Back to the Future trilogy. Stay tuned for our upcoming review of The Lovebirds and our latest movie review in association with Video Easy, Bloodline. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.